Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. You know, in a few weeks, I'll be 43 years old. Thank you. Because for some, that's really young. For some, not so much. I don't know. But as we've been preaching this series that we're calling Plain and Simple, I'm reminded that I've been exposed to the gospel my whole life. My whole life. That God chose to pluck me from who knows what (laughs) and put me in a home with godly people. I can't remember a time when I didn't know about Jesus. Spent my entire life in the church. I've heard the gospel as much or as anybody that's been on this earth as long as I have. But can I just be honest? I'm just now really starting to comprehend all of its beauty. I'm just now starting to understand the fullness of what it means for my life. That in in 43 years and hearing it over and over and over and over again, just now starting to really understand all that it means. And it's changing me like never before. And it's reigniting some passion in my heart for why we started this thing about 13 years ago. We didn't start this church to have cameras and lights or to have a building. And we never even started this thing thinking about we want to fill a room. We started this thing because the plain and simple gospel is the most beautiful, powerful thing any human ear will ever hear. It has the power to radically change everything when it gets beyond our ear and even out of our head and down deep in our hearts. And the the scary part is for so many, it never gets that far because it gets filtered through bad church experience or complicated life experience and the plain, pure, simple, beautiful gospel never gets into the hearts of so many. But we're gonna change that. I hope this series is changing that. And today, we're gonna keep leaning into that. So can we pray one more time? Father, I pray, Lord, that right now that you would give me words, that you would help me to say what you once said, that God, everything that flows out of my mouth would be in alignment with your heart, that it would be true to the pure, plain, powerful, simple gospel message of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray for every ear that's hearing it right now, whether in this room or through the medium of online, that God, you would just open us all up to hear it, receive it, surrender to it, and allow it to change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said together, amen, amen, amen. 
to better understand this gospel, we've been leaning in to a letter written by Paul called the Galatians. And what we're discovering is what Paul says there is just that. It's the, it's the plain and simple gospel. And what I'm discovering is the more I read that letter and the more that I lean into that book, it's, it's starting to change my life even, even deeper because the gospel's getting down deeper into my heart. And the more you understand the gospel, the better you understand the gospel, the more it begins to unleash things in your life. Testify somebody, come on. The more you see it and receive it and understand it, the more it begins to just open up so much of your life. And what I'm realizing is is I'm laying even new things down. And what I've discovered is, is it's really true that, that in sin, we are, we are chained in so much bondage. We preached a series not long ago or a couple years ago, and I, and I used these. So if some of y'all are seeing these again, you're welcome. But what I've discovered is, man, the gospel, what Jesus has done for us on the cross has truly set us free. That outside of Jesus, we are so bound by the wrong things. We are consumed with stuff that just consumes us. Unhealthy habits and dangerous thought patterns and just so many toxic things that sin creates in our lives. And what Jesus came to do, he hung on the cross so you could let go of your chains. And what I'm discovering is sometimes the way that we see these chains, we, we don't even understand how, how widespread they are, how, how deep-rooted they are in our lives. Because I'm not just talking about chains of, of sinful behavior. I'm talking about deep-rooted stuff. I'm not just talking about chains of, of lies and deceit. I'm talking about setting us free from chains of addiction. I'm talking about setting us free from, from attitudes that are warping our self-image. I'm talking about setting us free from chains of pursuing things that will only give us temporary pleasure. Who's listening to me this morning? Come on. Like, chain, like not just a few chains, but Jesus died so that we could be released from all of them. So that we wouldn't have to be bound by anything. Not bound by sinful behavior, not bound for addictive patterns, not down for ne- bound by negative attitudes, not bound, down, bound by anxiety, not bound by depression. That Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit has the power to set us free from it all. Amen. That in Christ, through the gospel, we are free. And Paul sees what's happening in this church in Galatia is the, the beautiful, plain and simple gospel that offers us freedom is becoming something other than that. And he's writing this letter because the people that are, had once heard the gospel and experienced that powerful freedom are now being bound by something new. And some of us know that experience, that we associate freedom with Jesus, but unfortunately, not with his church. That for a lot of us, we feel like we heard the gospel and we accepted Jesus. And we, know, we knew in our lives that there was sin that separated us from the one who created us. And that the only solution for that sin was the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And the only way to deal with that sin is to trust the price that he paid. Amen, somebody? 
But then what most of us discovered is we traded the bondage and chains of sin only to be placed in the confines of religion. That we, we traded our chains of sin only to be placed in the confines of religion. That we met Jesus and we heard about Jesus and we believed in Jesus and we know that there was a connection, that we needed to be a part of his church, the body of Christ. But as soon as we stepped in it, it felt very real that we have now traded the chains of sin only to be placed in the confines of religion. That there's a group of people that saying, okay, now that you met Jesus, in order for you to follow Jesus and know Jesus, this is what it looks like. And didn't it feel really small? And the next thing you know, we're living inside this man-made boundary and being told if we step one foot out, we're done. Y'all with me? And so we spend our lives in here. And we start wondering why, like how did this get here and where was this boundary set? And, and help me understand in scripture why this is necessary and why that thing is there because I don't see it in God's word, but you tell me it's true and you have a degree and lots of letters on the other side of your name so you must know what you're talking about. And then what we're saying is, I don't feel free. I read verses like this in Galatians chapter five, verse one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And, and I don't feel free. I'm being told that this is now what it looks like to live a life in love with Jesus. And it seems really small. And a lot of us, we grew up in churches that made what it meant to follow Jesus really confining. No, I'm not gonna hula hoop. Somebody looked at me and thought, nope, not gonna do it. <laughs> and you're wondering, like, is this it? Is this what this new life in Jesus is all about? Because it seems more confining and restricting than my old one. And no wonder we see people saying, I'd rather have the chains. At least I was having fun. And we're wondering like, okay, well, well what is it? I don't, we, we got people so confused. I don't want the chains of sin because I know it's bondage. I know it's unhealthy. I know it's dangerous. I know it separated me from God. But I also don't want the confines of what feels like a man-made religion, not a real relationship with Jesus. And so we're trying to figure out, what do we do here? And again, I remind you this isn't new. See, Paul is writing to these churches in these little villages in southern Galatia, and the same thing is happening to them. He went to them, and he preached the gospel. He, he told them about Jesus. He told them about who Jesus is and was and all that he's done in order to buy us out of our bondage, in order that we can drop our chains, not just some of them, all of them, and so that we could live in freedom, and not just like a little bit free, like fully free. Not just a tiny free, free like Braveheart into the movie, Freedom! And what's happening is he's watching these people now exchange the chains of sin and now be confined to this new version of kind of Judaism 
that's being created among them, and they're being asked to jump through these hoops and follow all these rules. And he said, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm in that freedom that you know you got when you met Jesus. Because he died so that you could live in that freedom, so that you could feel the joy and power of it. John chapter 8, Jesus himself, verse 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Verse 36. So if the son sets you free, you will be kind of sort of free. No, you will be free indeed. The kind of freedom you can't find on the other side of war. The kind of freedom you can't, can't be given to you politically. Come on. The kind of spiritual freedom walking in relationship with your creator that can only come from knowing and loving and keeping your eyes on Jesus. But that's why he died, so that we could live in the joy and power of that freedom, that we don't have to be bound by those things that once mastered us, those temptations that once complete, that got us every time, those things that felt like they would never leave us alone. And not only that, now the reason why we have this freedom is because he's paved the way to reconnect us to the one in whom freedom is found, the one who created us and formed us and made us on purpose and for purpose to know him. That we have freedom because now we have access fully and completely to God. That that sin that stood in your way from living in that intimate relationship has now been dealt with. So you get to live in the presence of Almighty God constantly and fully. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. That you now have the freedom to live in and know well and be known by the creator of the universe. And that's where freedom is found. And if you have anybody else tell you that freedom is found in any other kind of way, they're wrong. See, there's something in us that longs to be free. There's something in us that longs to live in that way. That's why we start chasing after things in order to kind of fill that hole in our lives. We know that there's something missing in us. And I know you're in here and you're like, no, man, I'm good. I don't, I don't know God. I don't need God. Yes, you do. We spend our entire lives chasing after something to fill that void and that brokenness in us that only Jesus can ever fill. I, I always think about that little shapes thing when you were a little kid. Do you remember what I'm talking about? That little, it was like a little sphere. And it had all the shapes around it. it. had like a triangle and a plus sign and a square and all that kind of stuff. And you'd have to match the shape to the hole. And some of us as a kid weren't very smart. We were like trying to put the star in the circle and think, well, I want it fit. And some of us, our whole lives, we're trying to shove something in a Jesus-shaped hole in our heart. And it's frustrating. And we're wearing ourselves out trying to fill a hole that only he can fill. And when that hole is filled by the only one that can fill it, the result is full, lasting, powerful freedom. 
And if you don't feel free, it's because you don't yet fully understand the gospel. You are feeling like many of us have felt where all you did was exchange your chains of sin to step into the confines of religion, and I'm here today to let you out. And Paul took this so seriously that he said that anybody that's trying to find freedom in another way or anybody who's trying to tell you that freedom is found in another way, do not listen to them. He says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 2, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. Because what was happening was that people were getting so confused, they thought, well, well, just maybe. Maybe I do need to follow the law and I need Jesus. And so just in case, I I want this safety net. And so they were saying, okay, I I, I know Paul's saying all we need is Jesus, but I'm not sure, so I'm gonna let myself be circumcised. Why? You better know that's needed. Come on, somebody. All the men said, amen. (laughs) And you might think Paul's words are really harsh here, but what he's saying is no. If, if, If you do that, you're saying that you don't yet believe Jesus is enough. That you don't need Jesus in a safety net. He's all you need. It's that Jesus plus gospel. And he's saying, if you, if you do that, all you're doing is saying to Jesus, Jesus, I think you're enough, but I'm not sure. And either Jesus is enough or he's not, church. He's either enough or he's not. Look at me. Jesus is either everything or he's nothing. There is no in-between. There's no middle ground. He's either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. And Paul's saying, look, if, if, if you're doing this, you're demonstrating a lack of faith. And I've tried to tell you from the beginning that faith fully in Jesus is what you need to find freedom. And you making the decision to have that done is only demonstrating that you don't fully trust in what Jesus did on the cross for you. If you did, you would know you didn't need it. And he's trying to correct this mindset Verse five says, for through the spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, like this ain't about circumcision, this is about faith. Neither one have any value. Then listen to this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That faith in Jesus and what he has done, and when you truly have faith, something manifests in your life that produces a pure expression of love. That's the evidence of the faith. And if you're letting anybody else convince you that more or less is necessary, that's not the gospel that I gave you. Y'all with me? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Verse 7, you were running such a good race. 
Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Like, why are you letting these people step in and convince you to believe in something other than what you know to be true? Why are you buying into something that is trying to manipulate the gospel into being something that it's not? Verse 12, as for those agitators, those ones that are telling you these things, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. I'll let that soak in for a minute. The Bible is real, truthful, and at times graphic. Paul's saying, I know that I came to you and I told you about the powerful blood of Jesus Christ, that in him and through him, you, you can be set free, that those chains that once bound you, that once to kept you from experiencing joy and understanding what it meant to live in relationship and the one that formed you, that longing that you've had in your heart to be connected to the God who made you, that everything that's been needed to clear the way to bring you back into relationship happened in and through Jesus and Jesus alone. And when you understand that, those chains begin to fall off. Not some of the chains, all of the chains. And don't exchange chains of sin for confines of man-made religion. Because if you do, you'll never live in the beautiful freedom that Jesus gave up so much for you to have. But, verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That Jesus has died to make you free to give you freedom, to set you loose from the chains of sin that bound you, not to exchange him from the confines of religion. You have been set free by the blood of the lamb. But be careful. Go back to verse 13. Y'all put verse 13 back on the screen. But, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. See, one of the problems is so often we misunderstand freedom, especially in America. Like we have this mindset of what freedom is and isn't and what it means. But if you misunderstand freedom, you will eventually misuse your freedom. And if you misuse your freedom, eventually you'll lose it. See, Jesus came to set us free. But freedom does not come without responsibility. Freedom does not come even without boundaries and expectations. And then if we're not careful, we will misunderstand and misuse this freedom and wind up right back in these chains. If we take this freedom as carte blanche just now, we get to and are able to do just whatever, whenever, however we want we end up going back to unhealthy, ungodly, unwise decisions that end up ruining our life just like before. 
And Paul's saying, wait now. Understand that living in freedom, the kind of freedom that Jesus died for, doesn't come without some responsibility. It doesn't give us freedom just to completely now ignore the voice of God in our head. Remember, now we are free to live in relationship with Jesus. You with me? Say amen. And when we live in that relationship, that means we're intimate enough to hear his voice. And in that freedom, we're not free to ignore when the Holy Spirit whispers in our ear, in our ear turn left, turn right, avoid that, it's not good. She is bad news. That career decision will ruin your family. That thing right there is off limits, not to, not to hinder you, but to protect you. Come on, you with me, somebody? Like, we got to understand this freedom that we've been given, or we'll misuse it, abuse it, and wind up right back in the chains that he came to set us free from. And all throughout the scripture, this is it's made clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Reminding what Paul said, he says it twice in this letter. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. <laughs> Look at me. Just because you can, don't mean you should. Write that down. Tweet that. Come on, somebody. Just because you have the freedom to do it doesn't mean you should do it. It says the same thing. Look at chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. In Christ, we have freedom, but that freedom and walking in that freedom and that access and relationship we have to God, that means we have the responsibility to continue to surrender to his voice, to follow his lead. And when you live in relationship with Jesus, what you begin to appreciate is the design that he has for us that helps us stay free. That There's a design and order that he wants for humanity not to limit us but to protect us. And some of you are like, whoa, 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 man, it sounds like you're just putting me right back in the circle. When I first, one of the first maybe 10 messages I ever preached at Vintage, some of y'all who are in the Ficus Tree Club, if you know, you know. Uh, I used to bring a fish bowl in with a goldfish in it. And when you see a fish bowl with a goldfish in it, you can think, that poor little goldfish, he's so confined to that little bowl in that water and if that's what you think, this is what I say. Pick that joker up and throw him in the parking lot. <laughs> he gonna die. So that water in that bowl is not for his limitation. It's for his survival. And God has done some of the same very things for us. That we have freedom. But Paul says, don't abuse that freedom to just give way to those desires of your flesh that are contrary to what God wants. Those things, because if you do, what's gonna happen is you're gonna line up back in chains. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 10 would say, if we deliberately keep on sinning, if we consciously keep making the decision to step outside of what God desires for us, 
We have received the knowledge of truth. If we continue, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. But let me say this. There are going to be some people that tell you that any moment of failure means a complete absence of faith. And I would submit to you, that is lies. If you see any moment of failure as a complete absence of faith, you will live in constant fear. That on the other side of salvation, if perfection is what you desire, can I just ask you a question? If that was the expectation, why are there no examples of it in scripture other than Jesus? You remember chapter one where Paul has to call Peter out? who's been walking with Jesus for all this time, a leader in the church and still has a moment of hypocrisy? But well, it's not what he's saying. He says, like, if you continually, consciously, intentionally, deliberately choose something outside of what you know God wants for you, we got a problem. He says he wants you to live in freedom. And no, I don't think that perfection is what God wants, but I think we can walk in victory. Look at me. I think we can walk in victory. There are some of us that we just continue to give in to that temptation, and this is what we say, well, I'm just a sinner. Sin every day. And we just keep acting like God in us is not powerful enough to help us overcome. And if you don't believe that God can give you victory over it, you'll keep making excuses for it. If you don't believe that God can give you victory over it, you'll just keep making excuses for it. And that's not what he desires. Look at Romans chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means? We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will also certainly be united with him and a resurrection like his. And listen to this, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we, no we are no longer slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. That in grace we are not free to sin, we are free from sin. That he has the power to give us victory over it. On the other side of salvation, you're not perfect, but you're different. You're not perfect, but you're new. Quit saying, well, I discovered that thing at 11, got addicted to it, I'm 45, and I'm never gonna be free. You are not who you were. Jesus has made you new. The Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is active and powerful in your life. And so there's nothing, nothing he can't give you the power to overcome nothing he is the God of overcoming it's who he is but if you keep believing you can never have victory over it you'll keep making excuses for it and living in chains 
He made you new. Ephesians 4, 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful natures, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put off, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the question is, how, Matt, how do I live in this freedom? You gotta change your mindset. There's a word that especially, again, here in America that we connect to the word freedom. It's independence. We think, we think, we think independence. We, ought to, we, we hear freedom. That's the word that we associate it with. But if you keep chasing independence, you'll never find freedom. If you keep trying to do this thing in and of yourself, by yourself, you will always end up back in chains. If you keep chasing independence, but watch what happens when you put just a little space. See, freedom isn't found in chasing independence, it's found in living in dependence. Come on. Come on. It's living completely and totally dependent on God, saying, God, every day I need you. I need to know you. I need your word. I need your presence. I need you. That I need you to keep working in my life because there are desires in my flesh that keep creeping back up. I need you to change my heart. I need you to change my mind. I need you to move in me in such a way that, God, I cannot do this. And you know what he's going to say? I never thought you could. Jesus, John chapter 15. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That this freedom is not found and chasing independence. It's found in living in dependence on him, relying on his spirit, staying so close that you know his voice above all the ones that are competing for your attention. It is in dependence that we find freedom, which means you can stop striving. Stop believing that it depends on you because it doesn't. Depends on him. So you bow your heads, close your eyes for a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that many of us have stepped into a church setting and found Jesus and felt like we only exchanged the chains of our sin for the confines of religion tradition, man-made rules. That's never what God intended. He has paid your sin debt, and in him and through him only do you find freedom. But as you remain in him, connected to him, knowing his voice, following his lead, that and only that will lead to the life of freedom that you desire. So love him deeply, trust him completely, Stay close. Father, thank you that we don't, we don't have to do it all because you already did it all. 
Thank you for sending Jesus to pay our sin debt. Thank you for the relationship now that we get to have with you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that continues to remind us and teach us and mold us into who you've created us to be. And God, we walk out of this place today walking in the only place that freedom is found, completely and totally dependent on you. God, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives this day. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said together, amen, amen. Give him a shout of praise, church. If God is working in your life, please let us know. Jump on our app, hit that respond tab. Let us come alongside you. Let us pray for you. Let us walk with you. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you have an amazing week. We'll see you next time. We love you guys. Have a great week. Give God some glory on your way out. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.